and knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. This is South Florida's Poker Show here on the Internet. Poker Action Line, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Joe is uh, actually out of the studio tonight. He will join us in a little bit by phone, uh, feeling a little under the weather. He was actually uh, up in the New York, New Jersey area visiting family and uh, basically made him sick, (laughs) I guess is the easiest way to put it. Uh, The weather, just absolutely horrible up there. In fact, I sent uh, yesterday with uh, a good college buddy of mine that lives in Chicago, and, uh, you know, he he was absolutely just thrilled with the weather down here. Just incredibly beautiful since they got such a cold front uh, with that northeaster, nor'easter up in the northeast that went through the Midwest first, and then it went through New York, and there's a second one going through today. So the bottom of that storm basically has given us a couple of cold fronts. Well, they call it cold fronts, but cool fronts for us and uh the weather's getting down tonight into the 50s which is uh a little shocking for some people here but certainly no room for us to complain but um when it's 75 during the day and uh, low 60s at night it's absolutely incredible here and and that's why we live here uh basically my chicago buddy said i don't know why any of us live in chicago because uh, they've been putting up with uh, numbers in the single digits and maybe even the negative digits and uh, certainly feel bad for those people having to go through that. But there's always, uh, you know, uh, a heater and, uh, you know, central heat and central air. And uh, you can play online poker uh, in some places, not in Chicago, obviously, but uh, certainly uh, some people find a way to do it. So uh, poker may be the way out to get through a tough winter, but uh, we certainly feel for those people. Uh, last week, we had the show with uh, our buddy from Molly's Game, uh, our new friend, uh, Josh Leichner, and uh, certainly enjoyed that. He spent the entire hour with us, and we had such a great show. And uh, having seen the movie, it did not uh, it did, did not win any uh, Academy Awards. It was only nominated for one, and that was the uh, adapted screenplay. And uh, Aaron Sorkin did not win for that, but... Uh, yeah, we didn't really expect them to, I guess. Uh feel kind of bad that they didn't get any actor no- acting nominations because they certainly deserved it. It was a great film. I, if you're a poker fan, I think if you realize it's not completely poker intensive, it is uh, about the world of on, uh, uh, underground poker, really, and uh, Molly Bloom's career. I, I listened to an interview with her today, uh, the real Molly Bloom, not Jen- Jennifer Chastain, but uh, the, the actors did a great job and really... Uh, it's really worth seeing, and uh, you know, may not go down in the history of the world as uh, the next best thing to rounders, but uh, hey, I, I put it right up there as a very good film and certainly worth your time and effort. Uh, the thing that it uh, caused for the program, uh, we had such a good time that we really didn't have uh, time to explore our normal format, which is updating people on uh, events around the country, and of course, a lot of stuff is happening uh, the uh, on the poker circuit. Just had an event here in South Florida at the Seminole Coconut Creek, which I attended uh, the final day and uh, did an interview. I actually wrote a story for Annie Up Magazine in my role as the South Florida ambassador to uh, keep people up to date on what's happening down here. And I did several interviews, which we played a couple of weeks ago, 
But uh, one of those players that I obviously uh, interviewed was uh, was Kamar Andres, and he is a uh, physical therapist from Ocoee, Florida, which is in the Orlando area. Came down. He's uh, hadn't even played poker in eight months. Pretty incredible story. But uh, doing a little bit of research and reading some stuff with him, uh, and plus the fact that I talked to him about a few things, realized that he. Normally comes down, he'll play one tournament, and then he'll drive back home. He's very busy and has to has to uh, work with the kids up there. He works at a children's hospital outside of Orlando. And Kamar came down this time and took a week off from uh, work, deciding that he was really going to give it a good shot to uh, win, a, win a ring. Uh, w, he has played on the uh, WSOP circuit, driven down to Palm Beach, and, and driven up uh, several places in the area that... Uh, you know, in the state of Florida and other places to play in some events, but really has not put full time into it. And uh, the story is basically that he came down, he finished fourth in event number three, he had one other 11th place finish, and then in event number seven, he also finished fourth. So two final tables in the books, and he got to the main event and uh, really felt that he belonged and had a chance to uh, take on some really great players and, and play it down, and that's what he did, and he ends up winning the event. Uh, for 241000 and uh, then heads back the next day. But the funny story is is that after uh, or the night before the main event, he was set to go, and he got into a uh, private PLO cash game and just got absolutely destroyed. He lost a big chunk of the money that he had won. I think he had won like $17,000 between the two uh, final table appearances, and he lost a good chunk of that and was really angry and frustrated. And, and after the game ended, and it was like in the wee hours of the morning, he jumped in his car and said, screw it, I'm going back to, uh, I'm going back home. And uh, I'm going to forget about the main event. So he jumped in the car, went back home, and was, you know, was really tired and thought it was, you know, the smartest thing to do was to stop and take a nap in a rest stop. And when he woke up, he, he thought about things, and he said, I'm going back. So he turned around, the car around, came back. Uh, he got back at like, he said it was like 7 in the morning when he woke up. He had uh, got a couple hours sleep. And came back and actually jumped right into a morning uh, satellite for the main event and didn't do that well. So he still had some money left over from some of the other uh, wins and his appearances earlier in the tournament. And decided to go ahead and buy into the $1,675 buy-in event. And did so. At the end of the first day, he was in 41st place. He actually had an appointment. Uh, there were two um, day ones. So he played the first day one. And he could have come back and played the second. But he had an appointment back in Orlando. And so he drove home. Uh, spent the day in between at home. And then came back for day two. Uh, in 41st place. Well, by the end of day two, he was in fifth place uh, out of 15 players left and then uh, ends up winning the tournament on the final day. So pretty interesting uh, story there. Uh, really nice guy. He's originally from Guyana and uh, grew up uh, in Jamaica, New York, after after his family immigrated to the United States. Uh, I don't know how old he was then, but lived in Jamaica, New York, uh, which is a suburb of New York City, I guess Queens maybe in Queens area of New York, and uh, then eventually uh, in recent years moved down to the Orlando area, which is funny because if you want to play poker, that's probably the last place in the world you want to go because there is nothing there because the Disney people have kept uh, poker out of the Orlando area for quite some time. 
So even though there are paramutuals in the area and they could have something, uh, it's been fought uh, tooth and nail by politicians locally because of the influx of uh, Disney dollars to campaigns. And they do not play uh, uh, any legal poker in Orlando now. Who knows where the underground games are there. There's underground games everywhere. So uh, our congratulations to Kamar Andres. And uh, I think he'll be around for a while. Uh, he, you know, he obviously has a separate career, and we'll see him show up at uh, events from now and then. But it's kind of a great story that you got people that uh, are really amateur players. And he played for a while. He said he'd been playing for 15 years or so, but never had really made much money. I think 9000 was his biggest cash to date heading into this tournament. And he had one for 6000 one for 11000 and then finishes up with one for 241000 So uh, there's always a story out there to never give up when you're trying to play. And uh, we certainly congratulate them. Uh, we talked to some of the players uh, about the Coconut Creek uh, venue, first time ever at uh, the Seminole Coconut Creek uh, uh, facility up there, which is, uh, for those of you who are not sure, it's about... Uh, it's right around the Dade Broward line. I think it might be just into, or I mean, uh, West Palm Beach Broward line. I think it might be just in West Palm Beach, to be honest. Uh, but you know, latitude-wise, similar to uh, Pompano Beach in that area. So uh, it's not too far from the Isle Casino, and it's a nice facility. They don't have a hotel yet, but I think they will someday soon. And uh, they certainly are moving up the whole Seminole. Uh, Outfit is really doing well. We know about the the, the Hollywood Hard Rock, but uh, the Hard Rock in Tampa is also doing very well. Uh, Immokalee has had some trouble with the storm, and they actually lost a tournament that's uh, going to be replayed, uh, not replayed, but played in the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Showdown Series, a WP Deep Stacks that was scheduled for Immokalee back in September that had to be canceled and they're actually playing that here in this series. So if we get a chance, we'll look at uh, that series coming up uh, very soon in April, and uh, the Isle has a big series coming up in March, so we'll look forward to some of that stuff. But I did want to talk about a couple other tournaments that we weren't able to cover that were finished uh, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, two of them were on the WPT, the World Poker Tour, played out in uh, Los Angeles. And... Uh, that was at the uh, the Commerce Casino in Los Angeles, and Dennis Blyden, the winner there, uh, another David versus Goliath story. There's a couple of stories I uh, read about this kind of uh, looked at it that way. Uh, Dennis Blyden wins $1 million for first place. He was a guy who uh, really didn't have that much experience either, but uh, played very well, and uh, you give him a lot of credit for uh, pulling out the win here. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's another thing about the world of poker is that really anyone can win any tournament. He's 28 years old, a vice president of a finance, uh, vice president of finance for a marketing services company called Style Hall. He had only two prior live caches to his name and totaled less than $22,000. So it's the first uh, main event on the WPT that he'd ever entered. But after six days of action at the Commerce he wins uh, the million-dollar first-place prize, merging victorious from a, a field of 493 entries. Uh, the interesting thing when we say David versus Goliath is he battled uh, Toby Lewis head-to-head. Uh, -head. Uh, Toby is a poker pro that uh, won in uh, Australia this year, won the main event in the Aussie Millions. So uh, he... Uh, 
was a leader in the player of the year race because of that win over there and and still, you know, holds that lead there. But Lewis finishes second. 600K for second place. Derek Walters was third. Mark McDonald fourth. Peter Hensakul finished in fifth. And uh, Manuel Martinez was sixth. Uh, also, Anthony Zeno was eighth in the event. So uh, congratulations to those people as well. Uh, we'll try to get to some stories, maybe with some of the hands next week if we get back to that. But uh, another great tournament out there. Of course, that's run by uh, Matt Savage and always expect something good out there when uh, Matt's in charge. Uh, they had a, also had a 25K high roller, which attracted a very nice field. Alex Fox in the winner there. He wins uh, 424000 It was $25,000 buy-in. And Foxen uh, defeated Nick Petrangelo uh, head-to-head. Uh, Maria Ho finished in third place. Sam Panzico, who's won some big tournaments down here in South Florida, was fourth. Isaac Barron was sixth. Uh, Eli Berg was fifth. Isaac Barron was sixth. And Darren Elias finished in seventh place. So that was the high roller out of LAPC. Uh, they then moved on. Normally they would move on to Bay 101 and uh, visit the um, San Francisco Bay Area, but they canceled that tournament this year. I don't know if that is ever coming back. It was one of the more popular tournaments, uh, a bounty tournament, uh, the Shooting Stars, and uh, hopefully that will be back someday, but for some reason they did not play this year and instead moved straight to Rolling Thunder. And I want to talk about that one with Joe when we bring Joe in our, in our next segment. But because uh, I got a, one hand that I really want to talk about that's pretty uh, pretty outstanding. But uh, um, we'll talk about Rolling Thunder when we return. Anyway, uh, just before we go to break, I do want to mention that uh, they had a circuit event in at the Rio in Las Vegas. They went uh, to the Rio from here, so that was the following event, and the winner was uh, Kevin Ayakafano. And uh, he's a guy who's worked hard over 12 years and had, had never won a live tournament. But he was uh, you know, a fairly well-known player, I guess. And uh, he defeated uh, Nikhil Guerra and Boris Kasabov, the second and third place finishers. Jesse Cohen was fourth. Uh, Matt Affleck, uh, probably the best-known player of the final nine, he finished in ninth place. So uh, 259000 for Kevin Iacofano. And uh, I think we'll be hearing from him uh, for many years to come. So let's go ahead and take our first break on the show. I'll hook up with Joe, and uh, we'll get things rolling on the show tonight, uh, talk about uh, some interesting hands and some other things going on in the world of poker. Uh, As I mentioned, still coming up here is uh, some big tournaments in April at the Hard Rock, the Seminole Showdown. We'll talk about some of those events when we come back. Also... um, the Isles uh, Tournament, the Battle at the Beaches, a uh, pretty uh, well-known event. It starts March 11th, which is just around the corner, and they will be playing throughout the month of March in the Battle at the Beaches. So we'll be heading over there to check that out, write some stuff about that as well for a future edition of Annie Magazine. And uh, we will, of course, talk about that stuff in the show and try to get you as many interviews as we can. So let's take our first break. Uh, we always want to mention that uh, you can pick up the show on our website at uh, PokerActionLine.com. You can go to SoundCloud and uh, search for Poker Action Line, which is uh, probably the best place to get the show. Uh, also, the Hold'em Radio Network uh, has been carrying our show for quite some time. Usually has a pretty good segment there. You can go to that website. 
or, or you can any place you get your uh, your podcast, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes. Uh, you can also click click through a link on the Poker Fuse podcast page. So plenty of places to get the show. We'll be adding some, and we always invite you to uh, listen to the show and give us a rating and maybe some comments, and we'll try to answer some of those in the program. We'll take our first break. We'll be back with more of the show when we return here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Confessions of a potentially perfect parent. Brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, Don't make me turn this car around. Or... Because I said so. Or, don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean. But I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. No, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUsKids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon uh, riding solo in the studio tonight. Uh, but we will bring our buddy Joe Rodriguez on uh, via telephone. And, uh, Joe, I know you're not feeling great. And uh, uh, sorry to make you do this, but uh, I just can't carry my sh- the show by myself for too long. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all right, Big Dave. I wish I was in studio with you and Gio there, guys. Uh, I did. Uh, but I don't want to get... I don't want to get anybody sick. Yeah, there. that's that's probably the best thing. Uh, obviously, uh, you've been to New York, so everybody knows what's going on and can certainly understand why well, you might be ill. But uh, hopefully, uh, you know, and I know that there's probably plenty of things you'd rather be doing, like taking a nap or uh, watching a heat game or whatever. But uh, uh, we will talk about a, a couple of hands and uh, also uh, some of the latest things going on in the world of poker, as we usually do. Uh, did you get a chance to see Molly's game yet? No, I have not because of being in New York yeah, and everything I else. I just I didn't even see it in the theaters though. The the theater that I was at, cause, uh I was right across from Harmon Cove, which is very close to the Meadowlands in Secaucus, and um, 
didn't see it on, on one of their theaters over there. Is it in select theaters or well, is it nice, it's probably, national it's probably, it's, it's probably run its course by now. Uh, you probably some of those uh, discount theaters that uh, that run things a little bit longer than others. Uh, they moved on to uh, uh, plus they had to open uh, probably several other theaters for Black Panther. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, they, they definitely did. They definitely did. They definitely did because that movie is going through the roof. But it is coming out uh, on video uh, on uh, on C, uh, DVD and then of course Blu-ray and whatever else uh, people can get a hold of these things. I think eventually uh, the di- digital release is is only a couple of weeks away. So now that the Oscars are over, it did not win anything. Obviously, I know. I don't know if you checked that out, but. Uh, it's it's not going to be uh, the kind of film that gets a lot of awards, but I think you really will enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything more since our show, but uh, certainly it was a lot of fun talking with Josh last week. It really was. He was so entertaining. I love him giving us you know the, the the details on how he got selected, and that was so interesting. Um, on a personal note, I just you know I related with him so much because. You know, our our lives, as far as with the concerned in poker, kind of paralleled each other quite a bit. So, yeah, I'm sure he brought uh, back a lot of memories for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Dave. There, those those were. I kind of really enjoyed it. It was fun to be in that. You know, obviously I was much younger, but it was it was fun to be in that. I don't. I don't want to say that element, but that's exactly what it was like. I mean, um, he was talking about some of these games. I, I, and I know I'm going a little off topic real quick, but uh, I had a game where it was nothing but widowed women, just about in this game. And every week I'd be dealing, you know, out of ten people, nine of them would be women, and probably three weeks out of ten would be nothing but ten women and. Uh, I, I don't know if I can go into, into details, but, but trust me, I, I used to tell everybody, I go, you know, if, the, if, the, if people ever came to hold up this game, they could tell the people to keep their money, just, just give us the jewelry. <laughs> just, just the give jewelry. Just give us the jewelry. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's amazing. Well, I listened to uh, an interview with, uh, today when I was out walking and, uh, well, with the real Molly Bloom, and uh, the question the interviewer asked her was, what was the biggest loss she ever saw from someone at one of her games? And it was actually $100 million. $100 million wow. that someone lost in one, in one uh, whether it was a night or night in morning or, or whatever. But she said, uh, you know, that the millions of dollars were on the table at times and uh, some really big names, top hedge fund managers and and people who played poker that were uh, millionaire athletes, and and these people that showed her their game, uh, you know, by the time she had uh, gone from L.A. to New York and and played, you know, she would rent out the uh, the Plaza or the Fourth Seasons penthouse and and have the games there. So it wasn't. It started out at the Viper Room, and that was the that was the backroom games early. But later on, it was just totally first class. Uh, some of the most uh, richest people in the world. Well, let me tell you, Dave. Doesn't that sound? Doesn't that sound like the setting of a James Bond movie? It does. You it know, does. Where, where you see like uh, that Daniel Craig playing James Bond in his first one. I can't remember the name of that of that James Bond, but uh, you know, when the, the the buy-in was something like ten or fifty million dollars. I mean, I have never heard of somebody losing a hundred million dollars in a poker game, and obviously that had to be a private game, and you know. Uh, 
I'd love to know the details as to how that debt was paid. Yeah. You know? But, um, you know, that's just, listen, most, you know, I would imagine most nosebleed uh, poker games, Dave, are those that we hear about, you know, that we've seen online with some of these guys, you know, where where you consistently have pots of a million to two million dollars. Uh, you know, it's hard to imagine someone going through a hundred million dollars. But again, you know, she's she's right about talking about, you know, these high level games. When I was actually in school, you, you brought back a, 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 a very, very good memory of uh when I was uh, in dealer school in New York, um, I won't mention the family, but the, they they ran a private game, had a penthouse in Manhattan, uh, whole floor to themselves, filled with you know crap tables, roulette tables, uh, you know uh, twenty one. It was it was it was a mini casino inside of a big penthouse you know, in a very big uh, building in New York City. Uh-huh. And uh, I was offered the opportunity to deal in it uh, once, but unfortunately I had other plans for that weekend. And, you know, I I asked them, I said, how, how secure is this game? Because I was very young at that time, Dave. And uh, they were like, uh, you, you don't really need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, everybody, everybody who needs to be taken care of is taken care of. So yeah, well, that's uh, uh, some of Molly's games. She had uh, members of the Russian mob, members of the Italian mob. It was like, you know, it was not a game you wanted to break into because uh, you weren't going to survive if you uh, if you got those people upset. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, you'd need to, you know. He, if you held those people up, you 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 better you better you better make sure they don't get up. You better make sure they don't leave that 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 place where they're at. Right. And that's you know, Dave. That's believe it or not, that's the biggest fear of of these private games, uh, is that you know, not so much the fact that you're going to get held up, but the people that are at the game. And I have dealt in games and private games where the same scenario you just mentioned was, was there. And I kept thinking to myself, if somebody, you know, raids this game to try to, you know, rob the game and, uh, you know, listen, Ash, you know, it, it, my, my worry was, are these people going to leave anybody alive? Right. You know, to, to, to ID them, so but the, that is that was a very strong concern. Yeah, well, one of the interesting things is that people like that who play poker they need those they need those uh, nosebleed stakes challenges to really uh, fulfill themselves. You know, they deal with so much money, and you know they're not going to play uh, ten twenty games or even uh, you know sixty one twenty games. They're going to play for those huge stakes, and uh, that's the way they get their juice because they uh, you know that's challenges them. Oh, without a doubt, Dave. And you know, as 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 I grew as I grew in this business from different aspects, you know, I I I am very uh, surprised to learn that the adrenaline that we produce from gambling is a much stronger addiction drug than even heroin. Um, and you know. The, we had, uh, you know, being in the casino business now down here, that every year they make you go through that gambling thing so you can uh, identify people who you think may be having problems and try to reach out to them while they're at the casinos. 
Right. And, you know, one of the first people to do that addressed that. And, you know, after the, after their thing, I went up to him and I asked him and she said, Hey, listen, um, you know, here's, here's the statistics for this and, and the studies done on it. So, you know, like you said, it, I can't imagine, I would imagine that's like being the biggest drug addict in the world that you've tried everything and, you know, to, to get excited about a game and, and, potentially win or lose a hundred million dollars that's i can't even think about that i i yeah i don't know did you ever i mean when you heard that did you think something like that was possible i did not i did not think it was possible <laughs> especially with the way my life rolls anyway let i wanted to get one observation from you about you know what's happening in the world of poker as far as um you know lesser known players that are winning big tournaments uh i went went over some of the uh uh, results of, of a couple different tournaments. And there's a young fellow named Dennis Blyden that won the L.A. Poker Classic for a million dollars. He had uh, total caches in his career of like 22,000 heading into uh, this event. He defeats Toby Lewis head-to-head, who Toby earlier in January won the Aussie Millions main event for $1.1 million. So, uh, you know, when you get down to that, you think, there's only one way this match can go, and it's just simply not the case. Anything can happen. Yeah, well, listen, p- p- unlike other sports, even though poker is dominated by the skilled players, um, there still is a little bit of element of luck uh, as to, you know, how the cards will run for you. And once your head's up, it's kind of, it doesn't it seem like it, David? It's kind of like all bets are off. Yeah, you know? sure. it's, uh, each man for his, for himself. Yeah, and, and guys get quick, uh, get good pretty quick. Uh, you know, a friend of ours, uh, Al Gomez, uh, just finished second in uh, the second week of the Escalator Series over at the Hard Rock and won 35000 uh, You know, it's a, a guy who... Uh, you know, was playing at your room uh, a few years ago, and maybe uh, I don't know how he played back then, but I'm sure he had a lot to learn at that point. Oh, absolutely. And he was learning the game, and he was actually getting into the game there at a time where it hadn't escalated to that craziness, you know, of, uh-huh. of what we have down here on South Florida that we've talked about many times on the show before, you know. Um, they were playing the game a little bit more conservative, um, uh, and he got involved also when the limits were. They were still, you know, decent for down here, but it wasn't the wide openness that we had. So you kind of had a chance to grow there. And I think to Al's credit, I don't know if Al, because I've talked to him before, I don't think he's a big internet guy. No, he's and not. And if if you're not a big internet guy, Dave. Uh, you have to go about this the same way that that I did, that you've been doing this, you know, it's the old-fashioned hand per hand at the table, which now seems like, you know, watching paint dry to get your experience compared to these games that, you know, you, you get a full poker game in, you know, in a minute, minute and a half, you know, and that you can play multiple tables. And like I've mentioned before on the show, what's taken me 20 years to – to gain an experience at the tables and game by game, which is also more difficult. These young phenoms have, uh, you know, gotten that experience in a year or less. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to get to this hand because uh, people are talking about it a lot. 
Uh, and it's kind of apropos that we uh, bring this up tonight because it involves uh, Joe McKeon, who, of course, a uh, Philly guy that uh, won the World Series of Poker uh, three years ago. The main event, yeah. Yeah, won the main event. Uh, last three winners were McKeon, Kui uh, Win, and then uh, uh, Scott Blumstein. But uh, McKeon is obviously a tremendous player and ran over people in that tournament, but he talked about how he was really under the weather when he played at Rolling Thunder out in Sacramento and that he actually plays better when he's sick. So I kind of find it interesting now that you're feeling terrible. Would you go to a table and play in a tournament uh, feeling like you do now? Well, be honest with you, uh, I've never done that, but I have played I have played for a decent-sized cash game feeling like the way I do now because <laughs> – excuse me again, guys um, – it's um and and that was it's funny you know when you mentioned that but i had to go part of the agreement that i had with uh with me dealing with the, the house people and the amount of money i was making so on on more than one occasion i have gone you know to games to play sick and you know never thought about it until you mentioned it now but i don't ever recall having a bad session while I was sick, you know, I don't know if it's just, you know, you're so concentrated on just probably playing premium hands that you're doing a lot less gambling because you don't feel that good to be involved in every single hand. I I, I mean, that's, that's my only thought process with that, that you're playing better because I honestly don't recall having a bad session. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think your focus would be greater, but uh, who knows? Maybe your focus is on different things that are maybe a little more important, like you say. Well, yeah. Well, listen. I guess when you're not, fe- I mean, when you're not feeling sick, you know, uh, I, I, I used to bet on the occasional game, as they say back then. Uh, enjoyed, you know, bantering with with the other players at the table, you know, checking your phones. So you're, you know, you. Your phone, and I see it now. You know, I see guys playing poker while they're actually playing poker on their phones and you know yeah. in the rooms, and you know and they're playing for some serious money. And like I said, when I was sick, I didn't talk to anybody on the table. I didn't gamble on anything. I was kind of just like, all right, deal with yourself and with the poker game. So, like I said, I, I, when you mentioned this, I, I I kind of got to agree with Joe that you know my focus was a lot sharper, believe it or not. Well, looking at the Rolling Thunder event, which is uh, outside Sacramento in California, uh, after at the end of day two, uh, McKeon was fourth in chips with 494,000. Chris Hinchcliffe, the chip leader, at 723. And uh, I'm going to put you in the, in the chair of Ian Steinman, who after day two was at 340K. Uh, those two players, McKeon and Steinman, hooked up in a hand. Uh, heading into the final table, just to let you know, uh, Ping Lu was the chip leader, 3.3 million. McKeon had 2.75, and Steinman had 2.48, uh, and then the other players were at 2.4, 1.4, and 700k. Uh, the player with, with 1.4 million was the first player knocked out, so they were down to five players, and let's see, Steinman had about 90 big blinds. I guess it was right around 5.4 million chips. And okay. McKeon 
had 60 big blinds. He was at about 3.4 million chips, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, not exactly. But anyway, uh, blinds are 30 and 60K with a 10K ante at that point. This is a $3,500 buy-in event, the main event of the uh, Rolling Thunder series the, at the Thunder Valley Casino Resort. And let's get into the hand a little bit. I'm going to put you in Steinman's chair and see how you would have played this hand. All right. Go ahead. Uh, you're in the small blind, and McKeon is in the big blind. You are dealt All right. pocket kings, uh, diamond spade of kings, and McKeon, uh, well, you don't know what he has. I'm not going to let no, you know. No, I don't has. know what he has, so okay. don't tell me. I want okay. to see how I play out the hand. The hand folds around to Steinman in the small blind. Uh, okay. What kind of bet would you? So lead now out? we have Any... blind versus blind. Right. Okay. Any idea how you would lead that out? Um, I would probably, and he was the chip leader at this point. He was correct? the chip leader, and McKeon was second in chips. So he's the other okay. guy. Maybe you don't really want to mess with too much, but uh, you know he's he's got a premium well, hand. Well, listen, I'm I'm kind of looking for action. Joe is in Joe uh, McKean is in second place, correct? And he's in the big blind. Yes. So I don't know. There's two ways that I may have played this, depending on how Joe was playing, how aggressive Joe was playing. Well, we uh, know Joe is very aggressive, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure he was so, playing like that. I would probably, uh, if I don't think Joe had a good read on me, I would probably call and see if he if he stepped out and tried to steal it since he had precision on me, and I would probably have just called. You would just uh, just, just play the 30 I would 30K. call anticipating Joe would sense weakness and, and maybe come off, you know, so you come want, over you want him you want him to come over the top of you. Well, yes, let's, exactly. Okay, what, he, what Steinman did was lead out for 160K, which is about two and a half okay. times the, the big blind. Okay. Uh, so McKeon calls. Um Okay. So now you, you know, I guess you're you're kind of wondering if maybe he doesn't have much or not. Uh, you don't really know. Uh, the flop is Ace of Hearts, Seven of Spades, Five of Hearts. Okay. So not not much. You don't think there's going to be too much in this hand, but uh, Steinman, uh, well, go ahead. What what would you lead out then? Uh, there. Well, I would really like to see where I'm at, being that Joe just called. Because I'm, you know, I'm thinking if Joe has any kind of ace heads up, he may have re repopped me to see where I was at. Right. So I'd lead out with a. I don't think I'd lead out with a big bet. You know, I, let's see. He raised it to 160. It was called about 300 something thousand, 400 thousand in that pot. Right. I probably would have let out for about half the pot, maybe a little bit more than that. Okay, I'm not sure what that exactly what that was, but he he let out for 150k again, two and a half times. Okay. The uh, and uh, Joe takes his time, but he does make the call. Uh, okay. Okay. So now the turn comes, Jack of Clubs. Okay. Uh, now what do you do? Once again, I keep the bet small because that ace, you know, <laughs> Joe has position. Joe pushes all in at behind you. You got to really think very hard. Did he play a weak ace behind me, hoping to catch something? Uh, that probably would lead out for around three hundred thousand or so. Okay, he actually checks. Uh, okay. Joe Joe makes a bet three hundred and seventy k. 
Okay. And uh, I'm making that call. I'm making that call. Okay. Uh, one thing I'll ask is, does it get to the point where maybe you think uh, maybe he's kind of uh, blowing smoke in the air and you're uh, you can shove and, and get him out of there? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get a read on his body language at this point now. Right. So, and again, you know, being put in this position right now, just fresh. Remember, he's he's been playing he's been playing with Joe for for quite a while now. Yeah, and this is the final you know, table. final table. Yeah, this is the final exactly. table. Exactly. So, and this there is I'm a sorry. shot there is a shot clock by the way uh, going on here. So they have uh, okay they have the uh, time extension chips if they want to play them. Uh, so we go to the river, and uh, King of Clubs comes on the river. So two clubs, two hearts. Uh, so no no no, no flush uh, possibilities really. But uh, but you have a straight possibility. Yeah, the king makes it interesting. Uh, but I put it this way: if he has the straight, he's taking all my chips anyway. So okay. I'm not putting him on a ten queen, and, and I don't know the results of his hand. So he may have had that ten queen, but okay. I would think that I caught the best card I could possibly catch at that point. Right. Uh, so he has the set, and what do you bet? What do you make a bet there? Well, at this point, if Joe was 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 bluffing, okay. Now you're praying that he had an ace, maybe even an ace five, an ace seven, that he hit two pairs on that flop. Since you raised, you know, pre-flop, I'm going to act like that king helped me in a way, and I would come out with a wager. Um, you're you're probably looking at like a million and a half in that pot, give or take. Um I probably would come out with about a half a million to six hundred thousand dollar bet. Okay, you actually bet eight hundred k. Okay. Uh, Joe takes about fifteen seconds, uh, looks again at his cards, and shoves all in for his remaining two point nine four million. I I I make a snap call at that point. I you know if you've got a ten queen in your hand, God bless you. Okay. Uh, he takes a long time. He spends a lot of time in the tank. In fact, he had eight, I think he had eight 30-second time extension chips, and he used six of them. Okay. And, and, and I I still make the call there. You're only losing, you are only losing to a 10-queen. That's all you're losing to at that point. Because the board, if I'm not mistaken, read ace, king, jack, seven, five, correct? Correct. Okay, so, and no, and no three suits, so there's no flush possibilities out there. You had to have taken a snapshot with a 10-queen, which is possible, but I'm I'm figuring that Joe probably hit aces up. And I, I'm, again, I don't, I haven't played these games like these guys there, but I make, I make the call. If he's got 10-queen, congratulations, you caught them, you, you're the, you caught your two-outer to beat me. Well. That's what he had. Ten queen, huh? Yeah, ten queen offsuit. Uh, and Steinman was able to make the fold. Oh, that's, that's why these guys are playing like that. It's, it's amazing that you think that that man had that there. But, you know, you play this hand back. You play this hand back. You know, you, you, Joe tried to take a steal at it on the, on the turn, you know, but uh, – I mean, it is feasible that he had the 10-queen, but so hard to imagine 
you know, and again, he said, you know, it takes an amazing fold. That is an amazing, amazing fold. And that also could come with the fact that he's seen Joe push all in, in the and, you know, while playing with him. And, you know, said, hey, every time he's pushed all in and he's been proud, he's been sitting there with the nuts. Yeah. Well, so, they got, they got you know, they got without it. having that information, that's the only way I think anybody can make that fold there. Well, people were absolutely stunned uh, talking about it as the, the, the fold of the year. Uh, just incredible. But, uh, you know, obviously if he would have called, he would have had a little bit of chips left. But uh, it would have crippled him pretty much. Uh, I think he still would have had about a million chips. But uh, they talked to him uh, during a break, uh, in the next break, about an hour later. And, uh, you know, some of his friends that were on his rail said, uh, we were just in shock that, that that's what he had. He, uh, Ian had been beating himself up for half an hour. And he was beside himself thinking he had blown, blown the tournament because McKeon actually said to him, you're going to regret that fold for the rest of your life. Yeah, he was egging him on. Yeah, he was egging him on. Exactly. Steinman, uh, they asked Steinman, well, what did, what did you put him on? And he said, I actually put him on Queen Ten of Hearts, that he had a flush draw and that the straight was just a back door for him. Well, listen, that was one which Whatever he put him on, that was great. That was unbelievable, you know, insight into the man. Um, and and that's actually a very good scenario there that I didn't put him on, that I didn't think, you know, he could. That is a definitely strong possibility that he could have had that 10, 10 queen of hearts and, you know, just backdoored into the straight. But, man, like you said, the, the call, the fold of the year, most people, and again, the way I fold that hand is if I've seen Joe, you know, consistently make that move and holding the nuts. Yeah. And then, you know, then, then I work the hand backwards and I go, okay, how the hell could he have had a, how could the hell could this man have a 10 queen? And the only way he you put him on a 10 queen was a 10 queen of hearts, which is what this gentleman did. But even to his amazement, that's not what Joe had, right? According to you, because he had 10 queen off suit. Right. Exactly. Uh, do you think? Do you think McKeon played it uh, very well? Well, I mean, he was absolutely. He was the look on his face. He was absolutely sick when the guy folded. Oh, of course he is. You know, now in hindsight, you know that should have been like I said. That should have been almost a, a snap call. Yeah. Most people would have probably told you it would have been a snap call. You know, in hindsight, Joe's probably thinking, you know, if, if I just if I just raise him a little bit, you know, act like I'm weak and raise him a little bit, maybe he comes over the top of me, you know. Again, you know, it's all the psychological game. But I think if he had raised him, you know, instead of going all in, if he had just raised him, doubled the, the bet, he definitely would have gotten a call. Uh, At that one, point, he would have taken those chips from him. One of the announcers said, uh, they made the comment that uh, McKeon's hand was – Perfectly camouflaged. Can you uh, can you explain that? Like, well, I I, I kind of explained it a little bit in the sense yeah. that the the only scenario, and again, I give credit to the gentleman who folded, is what? How can you put him on ten queen? Remember, as as we started speaking about this hand before you even told me that Joe had the ten queen in his hand, is you know. Obviously, 10 queen. What are the scenarios that he would have a 10 queen? 
and the way that he played that hand. Because he may have taken a raise on the flop, knowing knowing that he had the flush draw, the second up flush draw at that point, and hoping that his opponent didn't have an ace in his hands right. and not let him get there. Now, Joe had to know that that king, when this guy came out betting, just nailed him, you know, just hit him perfect, you know, even even with a set of kings, you know, thinking, okay, this guy, this guy just hit an, you know, a set of kings. I'm going to take all his chips. I, you know, I'm I'm sure Joe thought when this guy let out, his eyes had to, you know, almost pop out of his head, thinking, oh, I got him set up perfectly, which he did, and his actions just, you know, gave his opponent a moment to pause and. Listen, it, it is a great fold. But it's, yeah. Dave, it's just so hard to imagine that. I, was, I think there's you know, going to be a lot of talk to... about this guy over the next uh, next few weeks, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. It, it. You know, you see scenarios like this, Dave, where somebody hits, you know, let's say ace-jack or ace-seven or, you know, set of aces, and the other guy doesn't think he really has anything, you know, that they've been pushing the table around. And he's on the flush draw, and he thinks, well, I got two shots, they're going to hard. And they push all in, and no hard comes, but it comes runner, runner for the person to hit a straight on you. Those are the ways you see that scenario occurring, not the way we did, where you had a bet. You know, Joe only had the flush draw at that point. But he's probably thinking, Dave, well, this guy raised me in the small blind, blind against blind. He was probably trying to steal my big blind. So he probably doesn't have an ace in his hand. So I'm going to definitely call a bet, and it wasn't a substantial bet that put Joe to have any kind of a thought that he had eight, you know, set of aces. Let's right, say right. Uh, the turn, the turn didn't change anything. It didn't put up a flush, didn't put up a straight. Uh, you know, jack of clubs, if I believe you said that was the turn. Yeah. Um, and that didn't change anything. When my opponent checks to me, I read weakness. And I make a bet trying to take the pot down right then and there. I guarantee you right. Joe would have been happy if his opponent had folded his hand after the turn. Right. Let's, and as I told you, when he made that bet, I'm making that call. Yeah. Well, and, let's, let's, know, let's take a final break uh, just to finish the story of the tournament, uh, you know, how it ended up. You know, obviously he still has a good bit of chips left. He went into the, uh, the final three players and held the chip lead, Steinman did. Uh, actually... Uh, it looked like he was going to go head-to-head with uh, McKeon there, but uh, a fellow named David Larson, who was the short stack down to three, actually comes back and wins the tournament and wins 295K. Steinman finishes second. Uh, McKeon finished third. Uh, McKeon fin- wins 131,000, and Steinman, who made the great fold, wins just over 200K. So uh, congratulations to that that run after that play because, uh, you know, he could have easily been uh, back at the hotel uh, having dinner. Yeah, you know, in hindsight, he's real happy because he got 200,000 instead of how many players were left at the time that this hand took place, Dave, again? Five. Five. Yeah. So obviously his payout probably would have been under 100,000. Yeah. And I think the fifth so place that, was – that was a – that was that was at least a hundred thousand dollars fold yeah. for first uh, fifth profitable. place was sixty nine k so oh sixty nine so you're looking at more than likely he you know he may have gone out fifth or fourth so if you're looking at that I would have just looked at it my psyche would have told me that was a hundred and thirty one thousand dollars fold for me yeah absolutely. that I made. 
Okay, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back and uh, talk about a couple other things with Joe and finish things up here on the show. Uh, pretty interesting hand, though. I think I, I found that very fascinating, and I hope people can learn something from that. Let's take a break. We'll be back to uh, finish things up when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line uh, with Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I so, hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Back on Poker Action Line, Big Dave Lemon in the studio and uh, Joe Rodriguez on by phone. And uh, just a couple other things, Joe, as we uh, wind things down here on the program tonight. Uh, obviously, a lot of stuff coming here in South Florida. Uh, the response to uh, Coconut Creek, I don't know how, how much you've been up there, but you do know the guy who runs the room there, Pablo Perez. And uh, I think they, uh, they did themselves a lot of favors by putting on a good tournament. Yeah, well, we kept hearing some great stuff from it, and, um, uh, you know, I I have not yet been because I was out of town last week and everything, but, you know, the the interview that, that, you, that you did, uh, you know, everybody just seems to have enjoyed the, the experience there, which a lot more than they did at the Kennel Club, which, you know, kind of surprises me a little bit because when, when I was up at the Kennel Club, I thought they did a wonderful job. Yeah, no question. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how they feel about it. I guess eventually we'll uh, talk with uh, Noah or uh, Tim Tim Wright and uh, see what their opinion is. Uh, but you know, uh, things move on, and sometimes uh, you know everything runs its course. Yep, it certainly does in the poker world. And again, you know, when you run when you associate your your poker room with you know with the the WSOP, you know, and and you know, organizations like that and the WPT, which are the, you know, the, the, the big boys in the room, 
you know, uh, I would imagine there's a lot of things other than just putting on the tournament, going behind the back doors to get them to do this. And, um, you know, until, until we know all the ins and outs, it's hard to judge. But congratulations to Pablo over there at uh, Coconut Creek. Uh, yeah, you know, from every everybody that I've heard of, they did a wonderful job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple other things I just wanted to mention. Uh, we we uh, we talked about John Pappas leaving uh, the Poker Players Alliance uh, at the end of February. Uh, the new president is now uh, Rich Muni, who we've had on the show several times, uh, known as the engineer. He's from uh, the Kentucky area. And uh, for the first time now, uh, the Poker Players Alliance has sent out a call for donations uh, for aid in their work. Um, the last I hear, um, that as little as four years ago, they were drawing in roughly $5 million per year in donations and membership fees. Uh, over the past couple of years, though, uh, their their income has dwindled to roughly uh, $2 million. So, and that, you know, whether that had anything to do with the departure of John Pappas is unknown, but uh, they have, I looked at their site, and they are asking for donations. They have a, I think, 200, 200 uh, was it 250000 uh, No, 25000 Membership. Well, I don't know what their exact membership numbers. Let me look this up real quick. Uh, but they are have a goal that by the end of March, uh, they need to, they need to make uh, a certain amount of money, and they're only like twenty percent of the way there. Of course, it's early in the month still, uh, but they are inviting people to uh, uh, to put up uh, you know donations here, and they say that uh, they may have to shut down the the uh, organization. Uh, even before they really get into 2018 fights in the legislatures, and that they cannot continue to fight for poker if they don't re- meet their fundraising goal of 25,000 by the end of March. Right now, they have just over 5,000 donated. Uh, my question to you wow. is: We don't hear as much from them as we did at one time. Uh, is there still room, and is there still a place uh, for some sort of grassroots organization that? Uh, We'll try to help bring things back, or has that ship sailed? Well, Dave, let me tell you something. If they close down, you know, uh, put it this way, they're, they're picking up anchor at the, at the very least, you know. Yeah. Um, There's really uh, no one out there to fight sad. for us. You know, that, which is, to me, very, very sad, because if they close their ship, you know, their doors down, and uh, they no longer exist, you know, we really leave it in the hands of politicians. Now, whether donations have gone down because people believe that it doesn't matter what we do anymore, you know, we've voiced our opinions, we, you know, we've let them know, and just the, the, the current mentality in this government that, that's in power right now, I mean, we know that the vice president is dead set against this, even though uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, made millions from casinos, uh Jeff Sessions as the Attorney General and all of this stuff, uh, it, 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 it's kind of, I don't know about you, Dave, but it's a little disappointing and, you know, a little annoying that we have seen only two states uh, open on, oh, I mean, excuse me, three states open up online uh, poker since it was shut down. And Pennsylvania on the way. But uh, still, uh I think they've done some good things. I think they played a big part in people getting their money back from Full Tilt. And that alone, I think, uh, justifies a donation. 
Yeah, and and a donation from everybody who got their money back. Yeah, you know, would be very nice. Very, you know, even if they gave them one one percent, just think about it. If they gave back just one percent, that would that would help fund them for many years to come. Yeah, very interesting that some people uh, get their money and then they they never uh, even look the way of the PPA again. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I guess that's uh, normally uh, you well, know, human nature. <laughs> yeah, well, the human nature. The nature of poker itself, you know, even though we know that it's done a lot of great things for charity and everything else, and, you know, some of the stars, uh, such as Linda Johnson and, and Mike Sexton, who have, you know, lent their names and, you know, their services to great charities, they, they uh, you know, it gets frustrating. It yeah. gets frustrating because, unfortunately, most people, you know, poker is a solitary game. We've always thought that, you know, they want to turn this into a – quote, a team sport as we saw, you know, was it last year when they had the the different leagues and everything yeah, else? Yeah, the GPL. But poker, poker at the, at the you know, at its very, very core is, a, is a, it's an individual game, and you would hope that these people would band together, but uh, apparently that's not the case with, with the PPA. Yeah, we can only hope that they do well. We'll try to have Rich back on the show and maybe talk some people into helping keep this uh, drive going. Uh, final thoughts uh, as we head to uh, week three of the Escalator. Uh, any final thoughts on how that tournament, uh, you know, the format is going? Week one was $150 buy-in with a with a 100K guarantee. Then week two, 250 with a 200 guarantee. And uh, our good friend Al Gomez finished second, won 35000 uh, Then this week, uh, they'll start tomorrow, the March 8th. Uh, with flight A and B, uh, seven. I'm sorry, uh, 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and there'll be six opening flights with the final day on Sunday. 350 buy-in, 300k guarantee, and then the final week, 560 buy-in with a 400k guarantee. And everybody who makes the final table in each of these first three weeks gets a gets a free entry into the next event. So uh, kind of piggybacks on these, on each other. Yeah, well, that's nice. So that means Al Al's got a free buy-in into this next uh, yeah, tournament, correct? Absolutely. We'll try to have him on next week. Unfortunately, his father just passed away right before he played in the final day. So uh, a lot of stuff for him to take care of family-wise this week. So we'll have him on next well, week, I think. I did not know that, Al. I'm very sorry to hear that, sir. My yeah, condolences absolutely. to you and your family. And, uh, man, that's that's, you know... To concentrate and play in the final table shortly after your dad has passed, that's very tough. That's hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, that's going to do it for the show. We appreciate you uh, <laughs> biting the bullet and uh, coming on with us while you're not feeling good. People obviously could tell that, that you're not well, feeling real good, but uh, appreciate your analysis on that hand. Thank you, Big Dave, and I, I hope my coughing hasn't interrupted the show too much. No, so, no. Uh, we'll get through it. But... Uh, Tell Gio, tell Gio, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't mean to put you through a lot of work there, Gio, with my coughing <laughs> and stuff and editing. So. A little editing. But, uh, no, my dumb. pleasure. I'm sorry I couldn't be in studio with you guys, but the last thing I want to do is get anybody sick over there. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, thanks for Hopefully taking the I'll time tonight. Next one. You got it, Big uh, Dave. Okay. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show, Big Dave and Joe. Uh, hopefully we'll have Joe back in the studio next week. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your work as usual. Maybe a little bit extra stuff to do tonight, but uh, you can handle it. <laughs> we'll be back with another show next week. We appreciate you joining us. We hope you'll join us again next week here on Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts 
guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.